0: What's up, everybody? In today's episode, we're just going to kind of do a little bit of a brain dump. And, you know, as content creators, as YouTube creators, you constantly think up of new ideas, like new channel ideas. You might even want to start like a new channel tomorrow. You might have an idea in your head now. And we too have a lot of ideas in our heads over the years. And we're just going to dump a few out there. And not only are we going to dump them out there, but we're also going to talk a little bit about how we could foresee somebody monetizing that YouTube channel and turning it into a business and specifically at least a six figure business. Uh, First things first, you got to get those views. So you got to create good content. We'll be talking about that as well. This is going to be a good one, you guys. And I'm going to go ahead and just let you guys know that today's episode is sponsored by VidShops.com. So if you need to add a expert video editor to your team check out vidchops.com that's where you want to be you can add an editor to your team just a few clicks vidchops.com all right now grant good to see you how you been man yeah.
1: dude i've been well uh we were talking a little before the podcast i just got back from uh, late christmas with the family um you know d- spent yesterday kind of Chilling from that kind of recovering from the flight and travel process, but now I'm I'm hitting the ground running. Uh, it's the we're recording this pretty close to the new year, and I feel like this episode is pertinent to the idea of the new year. You know, ideas on how to launch a six figure YouTube channel. I've been getting a lot of messages from potential clients on Upwork, and just people are clearly really interested in going strong on YouTube. Because it's the new year, start a new leaf, a new business, a new idea, uh, hire new help, whatever avenue you're trying to take here. I feel like this is it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I feel that same energy, and that same vibe. So I definitely can relate. I, I myself am getting motivated, you know, as as today came. Actually, today's been my best day in a while, uh, productivity-wise. Uh, as you were talking there, it made me think of another YouTube channel idea. <gasps> Yeah. So we're going to be talking about a lot of different ones, but literally as you were speaking about the holidays, why isn't there a channel out there for like moms and dads and the channel is about, you know, how to kill it during the holidays, how to have an amazing holiday for your family and you create content about Halloween and how to make Halloween special, how to make your Mm -hmm. Christmas special. Would that be something that you could see a parent, you know, finding value in or what?
1: Totally. I mean, if you're somebody who really loves decorating for the seasons, you're a seasonal person. You feel deeply the changing of nature and you just love to, to decorate and bake pies or whatever it is. I think this would go well for you. And obviously with this list that uh, we we have here, Augie did most of the legwork on it. But uh, it, it should vibe with you, right? I, I think, sure, if you're looking at this as a business, then maybe it's less important to you what you actually like. But uh, again, you, you have to like what, you are doing. So uh, if you're someone who likes to change with the seasons, I think that idea would go really well.
0: Yeah. And uh, I mean, as a new parent, I, you know, the first time I ever actually had a Christmas tree in my house or apartment or anything uh, with my wife, I mean, as a kid, I had them growing up, was the first year my child was born. Oh, what do you know, this year, I got to actually go and get a tree, although it was, you know, an imitation tree or whatever. But that was the first time that we did it. And that kind of opened my mind, like, all right, it's kind of on you as the parents to do all these holiday things, you know, that your parents did for you, trick or treating and all these kind of things and you know, there is a difference between a great holiday and just kind of one where maybe, you know, the parents didn't plan ahead enough or whatever. Um so anyways, I think that'd be a cool channel. You could sell all kinds of products. I'm not going to dive too deep te- deep into the business one on that cuz I just kind of came out of thin air, but the first one that I'd like to run by you, Grant, is this idea for investigation. Okay. So there's a creator out there. His name is Coffeezilla. Okay. He is the internet detective, all these crypto scams. He does his research. He tries to expose people. He's not having it. And I think that a channel that does the exact same thing for any other niche in the world, it's almost like reporting news, but just being a detective and, and reporting negative news. So much news is negative, right? Can you find the controversies in the fishing industry? Can you? Well, if there, there's probably a lot of controversies, you know, in a lot of um, conspiracies and conspiracy theories and law, you know, be the, be the detective for that industry and you'll, you'll gain the eyeballs of everyone in that industry because it's just so interesting to watch. Have you heard of CoffeeZilla? What do you think about this idea?
1: I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I've heard of him. I've been watching his stuff a lot recently. Uh, he, he's been blown up. You know, he, he exposed Logan Paul's biggest scam. I think Logan Paul's supposed to release his response video today, Oh wow! but, uh, you know, don't want to go on too much of a tangent there, but yes, he's, uh, quite the reporter investigator, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You could do this with any industry. Really? I'd say like for him, he's a, a journalist, like a legitimate journalist. Mm-hmm. And you can do this, I would say, one, if you are also a legitimate journalist, you could sort of pick a niche and go with it. Um, it would probably be easiest if, say, you had a career in, I mean, your example, the fishing industry. I like that example because it's um, oddly specific. <laughs> um, but you can, like, if you have a lot of experience and connections with whatever industry you're in, it could even be nursing or something, you can dive into the the depths of of this industry that most people are aware of, but they don't know what's actually going on. Um, And I I think you can find like enough complexity and humanity and uh, maybe even drama to where if you expose something in a way that is productive and interesting, you absolutely can make a, a big channel out of it. Now, the caveat with this idea is the CoffeeZilla has gone on a lot of podcasts or at least a few, and talks. he's talked about he has gotten sued. Mm-hmm. He actually has a lot of money set aside to deal with lawsuits. Oh, wow. So if you're kind of going this investigative route, I think there is a lot of potential. Uh, you can absolutely work some magic, make some money. Um, but you may have to be patient and uh, also bold. Um, but you know, there's controversies everywhere and I do think the world would be a better place with more real journalism. So, uh, I would say if you're somebody who like the, the, this title, you know, ideas for a six figure YouTube business, um, I'd say this one, um, it's more like if money is less of a goal, you should go for this one mm-hmm. because you, you can get exposure. You can make some money, but you know, it's just more risky is what I'm getting at here.
0: Yeah. And when it came to time to, for me to build a back end business for this idea, just what you said, I was a little at loss, but I did get creative and come up with some stuff. So, um, but yeah, I agree with what you said there. It's like, you know, maybe this this one, you could make some good money off AdSense, you know? Um, I think he's getting a good number of views. I bet the CPM is decent um, since mm-hmm. he's talking about money in a way. I don't know. It's kind of backwards, but maybe. And then um, the idea for the back-end business is, what about this? What if Coffeezilla was going to school this entire time and he gets his law degree and he becomes a lawyer and he is now the go-to lawyer? Online, you know, he's selling his services, whether it's, you know, $500 an hour for a Zoom call for some consulting, or just straight up has his office downtown and he charges the most out of anybody because he's this influencer. There's that idea. Now, that's a little bit far fetched. I I don't need any reactions yet. Let me just roll through them. You tell me which one you like the best. Okay. Also, he could just. Start capturing leads through his channel. And hey, at the the end of his videos, hey, if you guys need any advice with the law or how to take somebody to court or how to protect yourself against this or that, or if you want to know if you are whatever, this is the lawyer I recommend. Fill out this form, get the contact information, and then pass that on to a lawyer. Anybody that uses that lawyer, someone that you obviously recommend, somebody that knows a lot, then you would get paid for that and then also another one could be tax services so maybe maybe he recommends tax services to just kind of like the lawyer thing or maybe he starts a company where they're doing taxes i don't know that's kind of a weird one the last one (laughs) what about a private investigation company i mean there are companies out there that are that do private investigation what if he was the number one spot what's Mm -hmm. what's your favorite one
1: so I, I think my favorite ones are the first and the last. So the, the first was basically being a legal consultant, um, you know, being a, a lawyer. If th- like that only works if you have a law degree or yeah. something. Um, and actually, my girlfriend is a lawyer. And I was like, you should be a freelance lawyer. you don't got to deal with these law firms. And, but I guess it is kind of complicated because you can only operate in certain states. Like you need to get certified in individual uh-huh. states. And, yeah. Uh, whatnot. However, the um, the last one, the private investigator one, I think that's the most practical probably. Um, I'm sure there's certificates or licenses or something that you may need to get. But as far as I can tell, it's uh, a bit of a wild west with private investigators, um, especially <laughs> I've, I don't know where I heard this, but uh, apparently private investigators, uh, a lot of their work people will hire one to like follow their spouse because they think someone's cheating on them. Mm-hmm. So you basically need a really a camera with a really good zoom lens. Uh, you can just kind of follow them around and, uh, try to snap pictures of, uh, hmm. your, your husband or wife doing something they're not supposed to do. <laughs> so, um, I, I think that like that, that could s- certainly work. It could, you know, the only issue, I think Coffeezilla he has a lot of, um, like, integrity. He has a lot of, uh, I I guess he is a brand and his brand is, I don't chase money. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't, um, I I don't know. I could see being a a private investigator and a lot of your clients wanting you to follow around your spouse. Um, (laughs) it could, I, I think you could make decent money, but you would just sort of have to be a little bombastic in your delivery, right? So it would have to match your personality on your channel. Again, like Coffeezilla, he's a morally righteous guy. That's mm-hmm. kind of his brand at least.
0: Yeah. The hardest to monetize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's really true. Yeah.
1: But if if you were kind of investigating things and kind of had some shit post energy, um maybe we're more about entertainment value. Um I think this would work really well. Uh for sure. You you just could uh you can't be somebody who is uh too yeah, uh, concerned with like morals, and obviously I'm not saying be immoral, but I, I think you can value entertainment over uh, hard hitting journalism, uh, while still I think helping people. But um, you know, you you just want to make sure it it matches your brand.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, next idea I'm throwing at you is an eyelash YouTube channel. So this is for women. And women love to wear false eyelashes these days. And this is an idea that I've had and that I wanted to execute on and I got somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, and so basically, you know, niche down. Everyone always says, your, you know, if you're going to create a YouTube channel, you don't want to niche down. So instead of a makeup tutorial, let's niche down to eyelashes, go super hard on that and then sell eyelashes. And we're talking about eyelash tutorials and we'll also do makeup tutorials and lifestyle and all that stuff too, but it would be called the lash dollar club. Okay. Was that right? Mm. I don't remember what it was called. I think I might've mentioned this before where dollar shave Club or dollar lash club, dollar shave club, right? Is that everyone knows what it is. And dollar lash club is kind of the same theme because you got to throw out your razors every month. You need a new razor with lashes every week or so you need a new lash. And so they come, they're a dollar, Lashes are cheap. You can you can actually get them for under a dollar, uh, and then it's a subscription, and it's just then a whole brand. You know, off that you that's how Dollar Shave Club does it. They have a whole brand. You can spend more than a dollar there. Trust me, um, and that's my idea.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a good idea. I uh, I know selling cosmetics in general is lucrative, and uh, it, it, I'm sure it's kind of a buy low, sell high type of situation. Um, I, I think if you had a, if you were able to find a supplier that could give you pretty high quality stuff and buy wholesale, and then kind of sell it for retail prices, um, and I don't know, somehow package it in a way and offer something where you're not just sort of uh, upselling, um, then I think that could work really well. Um, is if you're a beauty channel, something like that. Um, maybe you could, uh, I I mean, in this case, it's all based around the eyelashes. So I I guess you're not really selling anything else, but as far as the business, I, I think it could work. Sure. Didn't you, uh, didn't you try to make this happen and it was a a little more difficult than expected. So I I guess this kind of like we're giving people ideas here and I, I think there's a lot of potential in a lot of these ideas, but obviously the, the hard part is like, there's always some hiccups, some roadblocks. So can you talk about the roadblocks that you encountered while trying to make this eyelash business um, and then how you might get around them?
0: Yeah, definitely. So, I, you know, my, here's the full story. Uh, my wife in 2000, I don't know, 15 or so started a beauty channel. She really got into watching them. She saw what I was doing, making basketball training videos, and she did a great job. She made some really good content. She worked really hard and made it kind of a, a little bit harder than it need to be, but she did a good job and you know, there's videos out there with thousands of views and she has over a thousand subscribers for sure on that channel now, but it's a dead one. Uh, but at some point she was interested in getting back into it after she kind of stopped doing it. And I was like, okay, well let's go at this the right way and try to create a brand and stuff. And so th- as far as I got was building out a website, you know, rebranding her channel, maybe shooting a couple videos with her and then Sourcing the product, so we got the dollar, the dollar lashes that you know you'd get. I think two for a dollar. So there was like, you know, not much of a margin on that. But as far as the business goes, that's kind of like what's called like a loss leader. Like you get them in, in to sign up for those. Most people will upgrade because they're not the greatest quality. They are. They were. That was really the roadblock for me. Is when I um, sourced them from overseas, they came and they just weren't great quality. They weren't all matching and that was enough to discourage me from placing a second order, which really I should have just got into the iteration process, you know, and started iterating, getting better, better, better. Eventually I would have found really high quality lashes for that price. Uh, but really the business model is, you know, it's, it's a, let's say a dollar, a week. So it's $4 a month. And then, you know, they need the glue, which also runs out. And then there's a subscription. They can just upgrade their subscription to, you know, I think for Dollar Shave Club, I was on like a $9 a month subscription that gave me some pretty decent razors. I got four every month. And when it t- came time for Christmas, my wife, without me knowing, bought me a bunch of stuff. So that, they are making more money, you know, off it. But yeah, that was kind of the idea. And really this, the roadblock came with, just got discouraged. I don't know, maybe my, I can't remember if my wife was super motivated to continue to create videos or whatever, but you know, that's the thing too, Grant is, and kind of another disclaimer from what you said is you got to get the views for a lot of these businesses to work, right? So it's, it's about the views first, then the business second. And if you go and spend a bunch of money, setting it all up and then you start to create videos, but your videos never gain traction, then you're kind of out of luck.
1: Yeah, definitely. So it sounds like, um, Like your sort of general advice here, what you learned is uh, if you were going to make this business work, you may have to be malleable about how it actually works. Like, let's say you keep the name Dollar Lash Club. Uh, What does that mean exactly? Does that mean every lash is a dollar or does that mean, you know, it's a dollar per week or, you know, it's basically going to be more than a dollar somehow. But the idea is these are inexpensive eyelashes and you can get them. For a good price. That's kind of the idea. Even Dollar Shave Club, you know, it's not really a dollar per um, razor. It's just very cheap um, and it's reasonable. Um, And it's I I think if you can be malleable with the idea um, and sort of make it work somehow within the original idea, then you can be successful. But like you said, you need to get the views first. So I know you got a big list here, so if somebody was gonna go about getting a lot of views um and do it relatively quickly uh how how do you think they could they could do that Augie
0: what do you mean exactly
1: um well, so like you you know the getting the views first um like what uh well here, let me volunteer one <laughs> so in an idea for how to get a ton of views. Uh, quickly on YouTube. Okay. So this is something that anybody that is uh relatively interested in history could do. So um you, there's this you've probably heard about it. Uh it's called uh Open AI
0: it hmm. is. I knew we were going to mention that at some point. <laughs> Sorry to yeah, catch you off, it, but it, I knew we were, That's yeah, coming uh, up.
1: <laughs> no, it's uh like um yeah. I I figured you would be talking about it as well, so I'm just kind of the first to bring it up here. Yeah. So w- one idea I had before we were talking is just uh it's a channel about history. So like big historical figures. All right, you go into uh you know OpenAI and you say write me a thousand word essay about uh, the life of Winston Churchill, you know, and you just kind of, you take that, you say it into a camera uh, and then you edit it together. Um, And you, you can do that very efficiently. There's even this program called Descript where it'll take out all the us and pauses. I think I know you've talked about it before on this podcast um, but basically you use this AI to write scripts for you, um, maybe like edit it a little bit and you, just, you probably don't just want to have this AI vomit out scripts and then say them, um, you probably want to touch it up at least a little bit, you know, it'll get you 80% there. Um, but you could easily write a pretty good script, uh, that is reasonably complicated in a couple of hours, um, which is crazy to think about. Um, or even in maybe an hour. Um so yeah, you do this with Winston Churchill, George Washington, uh you, you know, any historical figure you can think of, Andrew Jackson, uh George W. Bush. Uh, you know, just and produce these scripts and videos, hire an editor, um, and just say them into the camera, and you, you get your process down. Uh, and then from there. Uh, you could sell, I don't know, like vintage quarters somehow if you have a big collection uh, and you're like, "These, this is my collection of vintage quarters. Um, I don't know. I, that's just, that's one way to get the views. Um, and I, I think you could do that really with anything. Um, I mean, you could do it with historical figures. You could do it with Greek gods. You could do it with, uh, you know, saints in Christianity. You could literally anything. Just like pick a subject and have the AI write scripts about it um, and tweak the scripts a little bit and you will get views and uh, you can come up with uh, just a, a way to, to monetize that.
0: Yeah, I like that. So that I, I love uh, history podcasts. There's so many cool podcasts kind of similar to what you're mentioning. But yeah, you know, what, one idea I had on top of that was do the exact same process you just mentioned and then hire, and this is a little bit extreme here, but Hire some good actors, put them in front of a green screen. You need like three actors, pre- and you could act out. You could create your own B roll, and then hire a good animator to do some some background animations. And um, I don't know, that just seems cool. That seems like cool. Like there was a YouTube studio that, or like a business, right, an agency that just created all that kind of content, and pumped out content like that. It, was, it could be pretty high quality, pretty cool. Um, anyways. I think also too, with that channel idea, if, as far as monetizing, you could always kind of go like a little bit of the Patreon way and create some premium content, which would be, have to be in like some sort of different format, maybe. So if, if these are scripts about, uh, historical figures, maybe you do some interviews with people that are some historians and have them tell stories and just kind of go on about these different things and then sell that as premium content. One other idea. Mm-hmm.
1: I like it. it. Nice and easy too. You know, uh, you're just making more videos.
0: Yeah. And you know, the, the holy grail online is selling digital products. You know, Selling a digital product's great. You don't have to manufacture it. You don't have to ship it. You can sell it multiple times. So those are all, all good as long as you can create the value, right? You can't just sell garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's go to another one. You want to do another one? Absolutely. All right, so this might be my last one. We'll see. But this one is something I've always wanted to start as well. And that's, I've probably mentioned on the podcast, just some sort of kids' channel. A kids' channel that helps with speech, uh, helps kids with reading, writing, kind of like a Sesame Street type channel. Uh, Have you ever ran across any channels like this, Grant? I know you don't have kids, but maybe you saw a niece or nephew or some kid watching something on YouTube.
1: Uh, I mean... I I think what Coco Melon is I feel like they have a YouTube channel yep. and I'm vaguely aware and also I know um, that kids are a large part of YouTube. I think there's even a YouTube Kids app. I I do know that what what was it? Um, COPPA the was that? Yeah. Uh, basically, it makes it harder to monetize kids' content. I don't know if it's impossible, um, but I think like if there's a way to get around that as well, I do think there is a big market for wholesome, uh, high quality kids content um, that isn't Spider-Man and Elsa humping each other. <laughs> uh, that if if you can get into that market and kind of figure out how to uh, navigate how it's changed over the years, um, then absolutely. I mean, kids have so much more time and focus than adults do um yeah i i think it's a a lucrative market for sure it kind of always has been
0: yeah one guy that i kind of always looked up to as an adult probably because i used to love watching him as a kid was mr rogers you know he was and he was a male figure you know out there trying to just make lives better life better for kids and teach them and kind of mentor them through his his videos and i always thought that'd be cool to like leave a legacy like that and uh so that's kind of where my head's at is just teaching kids to be kind and just all the, all the things. I mean, as a parent now, like, you know, we, we definitely monitor what our kids watch and stuff. And there's some stuff out there that really does teach them. Like they will learn well, how do they, how do they learn their colors. You know, like well, I'll just sit down with my son one day and be like, you know, where's red. You know, like, he know, knew them all one day. And I was like, my wife was like, yeah, we don't work that much with them on colors, but it's this one video I know that he watches. And, um, it's like called toddlers training, something like that. Toddlers learning, um, but yeah. Anyways, uh, I think creating something like that would be fun, and I, from what I've seen, those channels they just get crazy views. Like this number two channel is Coco Melon on YouTube. It's yeah. Coco Melon, and and yeah, there's the whole Copa thing. I wouldn't try to be making money off the AdSense. It'd be more on the back end business, like Coco Melon has done, which is crazy, and they monetize in. I don't know if they're owned by Disney or something at this point. They're probably owned by somebody at this point. I don't know. But they monetize through thousands of ways. Like you can go watch Coco Melon on ice. You know, like you could watch like an event of Coco Melon. You, could, you know, Teletubbies, right? They wow. used to do all those tours. You could, um, you know, products, of course, all kinds of toys. I think the play too is just premium content. Again, you know, if your kid likes to come and sing old McDonald and on our channel and do the little dance or whatever. Like maybe we have a series that's about old McDonald, a cartoon that they can watch and old McDonald, you learn lessons through the cartoon. Um, yeah. What do you think about that?
1: Uh, I think it's a dope idea. As long as you, uh, you know, were able to get a team together to produce content. Uh, efficiently and that is uh high quality because you know (laughs) with with the whole spider-man elsa thing i i do feel it's important to and this is you're obviously saying this too um but like produce something that's actually helpful for kids um and uh, ideally it's aesthetic somehow um and it it has some mr rogers energy you know Mm -hmm. um i i think it's a, a good idea. I'm not very well versed in the kids side of YouTube. If anything, you know, I was sort of doing the polar opposite in my come up with Treesicle, um, <laughs> but I, you know, I'm very aware at how, how well you can do. Uh, I, I figure educational videos like you were talking about, um, you know, how, how to spell, how, what color is what, um, you know, uh, I don't know, a video on how to walk that probably wouldn't really work um (laughs) i don't don't have kids yet so i'm probably the worst to ask but i do give it my stamp of approval
0: nice and the crazy thing is this this channel that i mentioned earlier it's called songs for littles okay and i'm gonna look up the social blade real quick because this is a newer channel and so people always say you know it's hard to break through on youtube nowadays and blah 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 um but She, you know, at this point she has 101 uploads. She started the channel or like created the account on February 13th of 2019. So she's about three or four years in. Um, but you know, that's when she created the account, you know, most channels start really slow. Uh, but here, like I said, 101 uploads, 2.3 million subscribers, 1.3 billion views. So she's already got over a billion views. And in the last month, it was actually her best month, so she has continued to grow. She got 200 million views. Um, and, you know, I'm looking at her chart right now, and it's, let's just say 2020, she was getting 1.5 million views a month in 2020. It's now 2023, and she is, you know, over 100 million every month. Wow. Yeah. Oh and the, here's the crazy part, because I saw she went on, the, on some news show, some local news channel. She lives in New York in a one bedroom apartment and she shoots all of her content in her living room on a green screen, living with her daughter and her husband. And if you, Oh my yeah, God. And, and you'll see on her channel too. She has guests all the time that are popping in on her green screen videos. She has someone animating. She sings very well and she creates songs and, and all that kind of stuff too. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. I was like, cause I always critique her, uh, you know, her videos are always on and I'm always like, that's a good green screen. I'm like, she was in her iPhone for that. I'm like, how is she? how are they getting the full body on this green screen? You know, they must be using like 0.5 on an iPhone or something, you know? And I'm, and then I watched watch that other thing. I was like, yeah, she creates them all in this, you know, apartment in New York city on a green screen in her living room. I'm like, it's pretty cool.
1: Wow. That's amazing. And it goes to show you, even if you don't have a ton of space, I mean, it, she has a whole family in a one bedroom apartment. And still is able to do all of this. I mean, hell, in my room, I basically have a studio here. I have a green screen. Obviously, you can't see it behind me, but it pulls down from the ceiling. Uh, and I just kind of set the lights up. And, uh, you know, a little annoying to have to set the lights up every time. But I, the point is, I can produce YouTube videos in my room. And it's not hard. Um, and it looks pretty good. It's inspiring, like in just you don't need an official studio or anything. Um, and the fact she's getting hundreds of millions of views a month um, and hasn't even bothered to change her setup also. Uh, I mean, she could afford a studio easily yeah. at that point, but she just kind of doesn't she clearly doesn't need it. So whoever you are, whatever you're working with, you can make it happen for sure.
0: The crazy thing, too, about these kids channels is that once you find one then like we found her we liked her content our kids love it like that's kind of the one we use now so it's like (laughs) what are we putting on you know okay like whatever our kids haven't been on tv or been on their um we haven't had videos on all day it's time for dinner we were out all day they're tired they just want to eat we're gonna put some on they can learn how to say orange or whatever and and Yeah, we go directly to that one. We just search it up. You know, there's no algorithm involved. So once you get a subscriber, you keep them and they watch a lot of videos.
1: Do you feel like there's more loyalty with kids channels because like you're you don't want your kid to stumble on something like you don't want to put something on for your kid and you don't know this person or this channel. And then they say something that you don't want your kid to see or something like that. You said once you have a channel that you like, you stick with it. So that's, I think, a, a really good thing to keep in mind. That probably most parents do.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. That is definitely something that happens. Something we do, and yeah. So that's it, yeah. It's an, another interesting aspect to the whole kids channel thing. We have like our three or four that we use, but yeah, it's just a, uh, it's an interesting world, and it's it's kind of you know honestly a little bit. I, I don't like the fact that these creators aren't able to make money off their AdSense. You know, like I this girl has helped us in. I wish that she could at least make what she deserves. You know, that's the, the you know what I mean? That doesn't make It makes sense because they do it because they don't want to allow just any at old advertiser to get right in front of kids. Like, I get it. I get that. But how can we find a way? There's still ads on the videos, right? There's still ads on these videos. So why aren't these creators getting that money?
1: Because YouTube wants it. That's why. <laughs> and it's too le- legally complicated for them to give it to anyone else. Um, that's probably, unfortunately, the reason I do feel like they should have a, uh, like just an extra strict monetization program for kids. Like, you, you know, if you're a normal channel that doesn't appeal to kids, uh, then you still have to get approved for monetization. Like a human looks at your channel. Uh, I feel like maybe for kids channels, every, three months, or maybe there's like random inspections that happen. Uh, but also maybe YouTube just wants to pocket that money and people are making kids content and building businesses behind them anyway. But I agree. It's kind of, it seems a little too harsh.
0: Yeah. Just the way it is. I remember that day happened. A lot of people were very upset, but let's keep this going. Let's do one more. And this is just a random one that I always kind of thought about, and I watched a channel grow in this niche. So it made me kind of more interested about it. And, uh, that's a skateboarding YouTube channel. And the channel that I'm kind of talking about is Braille. There's a, there's a YouTube channel called Braille. It's a skateboarding channel. Um, and it's just a really cool channel. And they, they're, they they're like, you know, doing kickflips with glass skateboards and like, they, they do some cool stuff. They're creative. It's not just like how to do a kickflip, although that's definitely probably at least 20, 30 videos on their channel. And that's what I would do too. You know, I would do all the tutorials, you cover everything, the culture. Um, and then you launch a skateboarding brand. Uh, I think that's, you know, if you can create a channel that gets views, then you can make a business out of that. And I think, with skateboarding it seems like if you create a cool channel that's really cool content and just i keep saying cool <laughs> but that's what skateboarding is man skateboards are cool you know like well, just make us a, a dope channel man get out in the streets you know you're you're in the streets running around running amok like you know there's gonna be some security guards film it you know <laughs> you can make a good channel oh, yeah. and then and then a brand off it
1: yeah i i think uh, if you can really build a brand off of anything if you can make it cool. Yeah. Um, if you can show, uh, like, the, the way I like to think about it is if you like something, if you are passionate about something, then it gives you, it makes you feel a certain way. If you can translate that feeling that you have in your mind to something physical or into video form then you can have something that's, you know, quote, unquote, cool uh, and certainly successful Uh, because really that's all art is. Right. Is you an artist takes a feeling that they have and they are able to uh, translate that with a medium and then show it to other people. And then they have the same feeling that the artist has. Um, however abstract that sounds, that's exactly what it is. So, um, yeah, with skateboarding culture and brands, um, there there is sort of like a grittiness to it or something. Uh, kind of like in the, uh, I feel like the appeal of skateboarding, right, is you're sort of using these urban environments that are maybe normally... Uh, kind of ugly or uh, overly made of concrete and have all these rails everywhere. You know, you're using it to like uh, have fun, and there's a sport built around it. Um, and then all the, the even the kind of fashion associated with skateboarding, there is that kind of grittiness. It it almost feels uh, urban in a way, but it it kind of takes that urban blight and converts it to an aesthetic. And that, that's really the core of having any good brand um, is that ability to kind of manifest these abstract feelings that you get doing whatever it is that you like.
0: Yeah, and skateboarding is, uh, you know, it can be competitive and we all know how much... Uh challenge or how well challenge videos do on youtube so i mean if every, every single video could be a challenge video essentially and i think that's a good route to go because youtube wants that watch time and that's gonna keep people watching to the end to see who wins or see if you succeed or fail uh and yeah about the whole grittiness thing too it's like I don't know if it's really grittiness, but it's like passionate too. Like these, there's these different industries or niches where there's just like this passionate crowd, like in basketball, I can see it because, you know, I could speak to my most loyal subscribers and viewers in a way of it's grind time. You're here to work, you know, hard work pays off, you know, and that's, that's kind of those people that they're, they're there to watch those videos. Cause that's, how they feel, you know, skateboarding the same thing too. You know, it's like maybe not the same lined up thing, but it's like, it. you know, you got to kick and push every day. You know, you got to get on that skateboard. You got to take the hits, right. They, they wipe out a lot. And you know, there's that, there's that part to it too. Like um, so anywhere you can find like a passionate crowd, then you can really kind of tap into the, the culture and just like this underground society of that world and you could speak directly to them and and create content specifically for them. And I think that's what YouTube is too, is like there's subsets of subsets of subsets. And like for example, let's say you're gonna make a dog training channel. There's so many ways to go about it. You know, it's is it dog training for small dogs or for chihuahuas or for uh big dogs or for protection or for I don't know if I can keep coming up with more, but you know, there's just so many ways to do it or you know, to create a guard dog or I don't know. But you got to kind of dive deep and find that and then speak directly to them, at least at the start, right? And then go broader as you start to gain that traction. But anyways, now I'm kind of digressing. Uh, let's, w- how can we make money off this? I already said like sell products, create a brand, but what exactly? Any specific ideas?
1: Uh, I mean, you could have events, like you kind of use the... Oh, yeah. So this is assuming you already have views, right? Um, so you could have events, you know, people pay $5 to get in, you know, something pretty accessible. Um, and maybe you have... Uh, it's a, a gathering of your audience, and maybe you have other kind of famous or semi-famous skateboarders mm-hmm. there, who are kind of doing tricks or teaching uh, people how to uh, just they're there to teach and to be cool. And it's it's a party. It's a, a party of sorts. Um, like I, I think in person gatherings, if you can manage them, are, are always kind of a good way. And it gets your audience together. Um, and yeah, but beyond the obvious merch. Like, I mean, you can sell merch there. Uh, just have a table and there, there's things to buy. Um, so uh, that, that's one thing that, that comes to mind. For
0: yeah, sure. uh, the events thing is, is huge. I didn't put that in any of my notes or anything, but I think any of these channels, right? You could do events. And I think YouTubers do do that. You know, once they get to a certain yeah. size, they will put on a conference or events or a meetup or whatever. And, you know, normally find ways to make money off that. So that's a good one.
1: Mm-hmm. I, and I will say with events, uh, you will find out who you attract. Uh, even if it's an online event, like a discord server, I mean with Treesicle, I was like, uh, it was kind of the first place where our audience could gather and just sort of be whoever they are. Um, and we, there was a lot of edgy teenagers in there. Uh, and don't get me wrong. there's a lot of cool people, but, um, it just, there were a lot of kind of edgy people that we had to deal with. Uh, and it was like, well, some, sometimes it was really funny, uh, but then sometimes there'd be somebody who was just going too far. Um, and you do kind of have to deal with anything that comes up, and you do have to be responsible for, uh, you know, what what people end up doing. Ultimately, you're the one hosting this gathering, so you you do have to take responsibility for what's going on there. Whether that means security or any safety precautions, especially with skateboarding, you know, you should probably have like uh, some first aid uh, available. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, just uh, make sure to, to think that through uh, when, when it comes to events, particularly with skateboarding and anything kind of s- semi-dangerous.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, I think someday YouTube needs to take a look at how can they create a function or feature that allows you to build that community, have that Discord right there inside YouTube. So it goes directly with your subscribers because everyone has to do it in Facebook groups or Discord servers or Mm -hmm. these other online forums. And yeah, we'll see what happens. YouTube, check it out. You might want to consider doing that. Any other YouTube channel ideas, Grant?
1: I mean, really, I I think the one I mentioned earlier, just keep in mind that you can apply that to basically anything. So uh, again, just sort of using... Open AI uh, chat GPT um, is kind of the other name for it to it really just help you write a ton of scripts like writing and editing tend to be the main bottlenecks. So if you can hire an editor um, and just write as much as humanly possible uh, on a narrow but not too narrow of a subject. So again, uh, famous historical figures, uh, Greek gods or just gods in general. Um, each, I mean, famous video game characters. Uh, that's essentially what I did with uh, the story you Never Knew and Teresicle, Um, You know, we just kind of would, okay, Samus from Metroid, uh, Master Chief from Halo, uh, Laura Croft, uh, you know, we just kind of kept hitting these characters and it got really big. So, you know, it choose, I, I think in general, if you can choose uh, a topic or like a category where you can choose a different person every time. People like faces and they like people. Um, It's weirdly harder, I think, to get people interested in, like, uh, I don't know, historical events or uh, something more abstract. Mm -hmm. If if you can find categories that involve, like, every video is a different person, um, then that can work really, really well.
0: That just definitely got my gears turning in my head for stuff that i could do uh for my channel so man i, I just write that down because I, I do like the idea of reporting on people you know and i'm not maybe not even historical people but just people that are on youtube these days or in whatever space right, right? just coming up with scripts about them reporting on them what they've done, and why they are successful or whatever they are i love that idea all right and you did mention something about a video editor there so uh, i want to remind everyone that this episode is sponsored by vidchops com. If you need to add an editor to your team, head over to vidchops.com and we'll help you out with that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we would love to get a five-star review on iTunes. So if you check us out, if you listen to us on, on iTunes, please go ahead and help us out with that. With that said, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, everybody.